0: Hello and welcome to The Ambitious Entrepreneur. I am your host, Sarah Flynn, and in this episode, you'll be listening to one of the most outstanding human beings I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with, and that's Danny Crates. So, before Danny's accident in 1994, he was already paving the way for a hugely successful career, but something a little bit different. It was still in sport, but it was actually in rugby. At the time Danny was representing both Essex and eastern counties of England so he really was well on his way. Now for most people losing their right arm would be a huge detriment and a big big loss but for Danny this did not dampen his spirits whatsoever and he was back out on the field playing full contact rugby within a year. Danny then went on to qualify as a scuba diving instructor, he worked on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and also did a stint as a shark display diver. But as we all know, it's for his talents on the track that Danny really gained recognition. A glittering 12 years that saw him capture the 400 metre bronze in the Sydney 2000 Paralympics. However, this was a medal that Danny just couldn't settle for. He wanted gold and four years later he achieved his dream winning the 800 metre gold at the Athens 2004 Paralympics. Danny's Olympic success was combined with numerous wins at a European and world level as well. Danny then received the prestigious honour of carrying the British flag at the opening ceremony of the Beijing 2008 Paralympic Games as he proudly held the GB flag. Danny has gone on to become a leading media personality, most notably when he played a lead representing role during Channel 4's BAFTA winning coverage of the London 2012 and Rio 2016 Paralympic Games. Danny has continued his career in the media, most recently working at the 2017 BDO World Dart Championships and morning presenter on the World para Athletics Championships in London. As well as sport, Danny has been a regular on BBC One, working as a reporter and presenter for Truth or Scare and Inside Out, as well as hosting his own widely acclaimed BBC radio show. He has also published an autobiography, Danny Boy, which was chosen as the evening standard top sports book of 2012. And in 2015, Danny was the quarter finalist of Celebrity MasterChef. Danny is a real all rounder. He really can turn his hand to anything. So without further ado, let's listen to what this incredible man had to share with us all.
1: So welcome Danny to the show. It's absolutely amazing to have you here with me today. It's not every day that you get to interview a Paralympic gold medalist. So thank you, really big moment for me. So what I thought would be good is if we could just kick off first by you giving a bit of background uh, to anyone who doesn't know who you are, though they should, um, and what kind of happened to you in your life, what you've accomplished and where you are to date
2: yeah hi hi, Sarah. <laughs> hi everyone. um my so my my life has been a varied one so at the age of 21 my life changed it wasn't what i had planned but i was traveling in australia i was involved in a car crash the result was i actually lost my right arm in the accident itself so in the, in the blink of an eye my all my dreams my aspirations which were to potentially be a professional rugby player ended in a heartbeat um so i went through a period of rehabilitation after the, after the initial accident, just trying to get my life back on track. Uh, And then eventually I went back to the sport. I love rugby, so only six months after the crash, I was back training on the field again, contact rugby, able-bodied contact rugby. And within a year, I was back out on the field playing rugby again. So for me, that was probably the most important step on the road to recovery, because it was the moment I realized that traumatic things can, will, and do happen to us in our lives. But actually, they don't need to stop us doing the things we love doing. And um, so that was the moment I realised that, no, I wouldn't be able to play rugby professionally anymore, but I could still play the sport a uh, up Moving on from there, I went back into working out how I'd earn a living. I went back to Australia, went back to a, a passion of mine, which was scuba diving. But this time, rather than just scuba diving, I went back to Australia, and I trained up and I learned and, and qualified eventually as a scuba diving instructor and worked on the Barrier Reef for nine months teaching people to dive. Pretty cool job. Um, Unfortunately, when I came back to the UK, being a scuba diving instructor in the UK is not as cool a job as it is on the Great Barrier Reef. So it's slightly different back here. But I still had a a, a dive business for a while. Um, Did that for a while. Had a stint of being a shark display diver at the Sea Life Center. Um, Jumping in a tank with 20 sharks every day was pretty cool. Uh, Did that for the whole summer holiday period. Uh, and then once I finished that and, and decided that playing with Sharks is probably not the best career move for me, I went on and I eventually got back into athletics. And, and that was a and that, that was a spark that was ignited from meeting some athletes that competed at the Atlanta Games. And it was just this something ignited in me. I used to be an athlete when I was younger. I used to run. I'm a member of my athletics club for many years. And it was just this, I always had this dream of, of getting the GB vest. And it was just... I don't know why it happened but it just happened and it was like i didn't necessarily think about being a champion and i and they straight away told me that you know being a paralympian is not an easy thing it's not you get a disability so it's a rite of passage like come give the paralympics a go if you're free next summer the gb team is a really professional team and it's very hard to make the team and it's even harder to make the paralympics and it's even harder to win the medals um but i just thought you know what let's give it a go um i can run Uh, And I started the journey in 1997, started working towards this ambition of getting a GB vest. And that was the start of a career that actually ended up being a 12 year international athletics career. Saw me go to three Paralympic games, uh, bronze medalist in Sydney over the 400, gold medalist in Athens over the 800, uh, flag carrier for the GB team in Beijing. And then eventually retiring in 2009 after 12, Emotional, glorious highs, lows, everything that comes with sport years.
0: Perfect, thank you.
1: I mean, you really have had such a varied <laughs> career you know, and, and all sorts of exciting things there that you just, you know, that you've done. It's, it's amazing, really, to think of all the things you accomplished in that time period. So, thank you for that overview. So, I guess the, the first real question, then, really, that I want, I want keen to understand is. What do you believe, um, because I think it might be different to what listeners at home potentially think, is your biggest success um, so far and what do you think the contributors were to that? You know, was it winning the gold medal or is there something else that you personally feel was a greater achievement? What was that for you?
2: Uh, I mean, of course, winning the gold was the pinnacle of a career. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a culmination of seven years working, dreaming. Aspiring to be, um, so for all that to come together, and it's just crazy. Because seven years of, of dreaming, going into that moment, and four years potentially working really hard towards it from Sydney two thousand to Athens two thousand and four, and that entire dream comes down to less than two minutes. It, you, you stand on the start line, waiting for the gun to go, and you know in less than two minutes, your dream is either going to come true or it's going to be heartache and. You're going to be making the decision what you're going to do next. Um, so that, but that 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 one came off okay, and that was, of course, the the ultimate moment in my sporting career. Um, but there's been many, and and for me, probably uh, I would say getting back out in the rugby field was a, was a big moment for me because it was the turning point. It was the moment I realised and and getting back into the sport that I loved, uh, qualifying as a scuba diving instructor because with that there's no there is no exceptions to the, the training because you've got disability. I mean, you're, 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 you're in the ocean looking after other people. So they can't say, OK, well, we skip that exercise because it's difficult for you to do. You know, the rescuing one where you're trying to rescue someone that's stuck on the bottom. If that was to happen, you'd go through these scenarios and you learn how to deal with them. They can say, don't worry about that one, Dan, because that can be difficult for you on one hand. We'll just skip that. You can't do that it's either you do or you don't, you pass or you fail. And it's as simple as cutthroat as that, it has to be. So to get through that and to find different ways of being able to, and this was a number of years ago when you know there's more people now with disabilities scuba diving but there's hardly any back then. So to be able to find new ways to do stuff and do it safely to, to still be able to pass the exams was 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 big. And then to be able to stand on the boat, at the front of the boat being the, the one that everybody's looking to for guidance for reassurance for direction was a was a big moment for me and then i've had many other moments in my life Um, ridden a bike from john to land's end i always say that is one of the biggest things i've ever done um it's different to the the paralympics being big in the sense because you go through every emotion over, not even over the nine days. Every day, you go through every emotion: the highs, the lows. The, the I'm going to do this. To, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give up. I don't want to give up. And you go through all that, and it's almost for me the John and Greg bike ride is in the entire life compressed into nine days. It, it's like watching EastEnders. Everything happens every day that can go on in life. You know, people get hurt. People get sick you think you're gonna make it you don't think you're gonna make it you think you're gonna die you don't think you're gonna die it just it is crazy and it, it just all these emotions that you have to get through every day to be able to get to the end to then do it all again the next day
1: yeah and i think that's um really interesting that you were talking there about the kind of peaks and troughs of those really extreme emotions that you go through and i suppose in life like you said obviously the uh by magnified all those emotions into a short space of time but obviously naturally as people we go through those massive highs and lows all the time and that kind of brings me nicely to the next question that i wanted to ask which was given all those things and those you know some really terrible things that have, that have happened to you personally Danny, obviously what has been your continued motivation in life through those points
2: I think what always motivates me is just to be the best version that i can uh, uh, in whatever i'm doing yes i'm slightly competitive a lot competitive mm-hmm. so keynote speaking is what i'm known for in professional career and i've been doing it for 20 years did it alongside my athletics and i've, it's, I've carried it on i'm very passionate about it for me it's not just about doing a speech and and just telling a few yarns about what I did when I was an athlete. It's about the journey, it's about the lessons, it's about the takeaways, it's about the highs, the lows. Showing people that if you want to be successful, it's not going to be an easy ride, but you have to invest in it. It's showing people what it takes to get to, to, to be the best you can be in whatever field you want to be. Um, but it's that, it's, it's trying. So, even that, I try to be the best I can be in terms of speaking. I'm competitive, I want to be better than the speaker before, I'll be better than the speaker after. And I've always had that in me, and it's, it's, that's what's got me through. So, after my accident, it was about what can I do? It was always about having that goal, having something to aim towards. And it's so for me, the first thing was to get back to rugby. So, I was already thinking about going back to rugby probably three months after my accident and planning that journey back. When I got back into rugby and I started training again, which was the first sort of thing we aimed for, it was after a couple of months of training, it was like, this is great, but it's not enough. But actually, I know that what I'm doing in training is enough to enable me to play the match. So we started aiming towards the first match. And that was a process that we worked towards. When I played that first game of rugby, it was like, okay, get my sports back on track, what next? And the next thing was a career, going back into work, really. Um, I knew engineering would be tough, and that was my trade um, because it was a very heavy manual engineering, I did like the, the petrochemical industry. So I looked at other avenues, and then I looked at the, the scuba diving because I, when I was out in Australia before my accident, I learned scuba diving. I just thought, what a cool job to be an instructor. And opportunities now came to me to actually go out there and train to be an, uh, an instructor. But in the initially, Aim for instructor. I was aiming for dive master, first level of professional diving. But when I got to that level, I then started looking at could I be an instructor? Could I go the whole distance? And then we moved on to that level. And then then I came back, and then the athletics came in. And it was never about becoming a champion. It was about getting the GB vest. When I got the GB vest, it was like this is great, but I can either just stay here at GB vest or. What if I worked harder? What if I focused more? Because the guys on the podium look like they have fun and I want to be on a podium. And when I eventually made it onto a podium, it was like, this is great, but I'm standing on the lowest rung of it and the guy in the middle with the flag up and the national anthem and everyone singing looks like he's enjoying life more than me. Mm -hmm. I want a bit of that. And and so every stage, he's been aiming towards something and being focused on something, but then sort of knowing how I'm going to get there. And, and that's what's kept me going, always working towards... Um, and I, yeah, I think that's probably what has got me through some of the tougher times, having things to focus on. Because even, even when I've been focusing on stuff, and even when things have been going well, in the build-up to Athens, things were going on back at home, private life, you know, doesn't always work out as you expect it to. But because I've been focusing on things, I've always had something to keep me motivated, keep me going, keep me driven.
1: Thank you. And, and I think that's interesting because, as you lot of displayed in the answer, you obviously have such an amazing drive and positive mindset. And that was evidently there before your injury. And you kind of touched on that. So, you know, from that perspective, where do you think that that drives come from? You know, do you think it's nature or nurture? You know, we parents like that? How has that impacted you? You know, where is it just, do you think it's just from within or have there been external sources that have helped with that? Yeah, I mean, I
2: don't think I think I've always had the drive um, to but people have it in different ways, right? So there's I have a drive to if, if I'm interested in something, I'll really focus in on it. I'm not necessarily driven to do things I don't want to do. So in terms of business and work, I don't always do everything I need to do. I do the bits I love doing. Um, But with the sport, when I hook into something, I really hook into it. So I've always had that. I've always had that drive to push myself a little bit further, to want more. Uh, Not in the sense of not being happy where I am, but I've always looked at what I can achieve if I really want to. And, um, And yeah, I do think it's something you're born with. But i think it's something you can work with as well you can hone in on you can you you know you can it's a trait that you have and it's your choice whether you're going to use it or you don't use it and whether you're going to work with it and try and improve it and and use the positives from it because of course having that drive all the time it it can be negative as well so we've got to learn how to work with it i think it's as well my parents were I think they just allowed me and my brother to to try different things all the time. So we we tried lots of different sports and activities when we were younger. And I think it was that. It was it was they never said no. So if we wanted to go and do judo, we got to go and do judo. Um, and it's not that they had loads of money, they didn't. It's not they it didn't us. it's just local clubs. It's not we didn't go to the private coaching or anything like that, it just went to the local club. But if we they never stopped us, they never we came, me and my brother said, oh, I want to try this. There was never, oh, I don't, you shouldn't really bother doing that because you, it's not your thing, Dan. You, you know it's not your thing. It was like, well, yeah, give it a go, crack on, see what happens. And um, and I think it's that, it's that, because that's what you've got to be prepared to do in life. You've got to be prepared to try things. You've got to be prepared to experiment. You've got to be prepared to stretch yourself because if you don't, you never find stuff out about yourself. You never find what you're capable of. And I think that... it, it that was something I had throughout my athletics career, um, always pushing, always stretching, always trying new things within the training regime that we had um, to see if we could get the improvements. It was missing when I retired from athletics. I didn't have it. Um, I did Master Chef in two thousand and fifteen, and that was a, that was took me back to that mindset again because taking that leap of faith to do that program and laying yourself bare almost in front of. You know the the, the millions that watch it to be torn apart by by John and Greg and and everyone watching on telly sitting there going why why have you done that 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 you nobody does that you do it because they pile pressure on and the cameras are on you and you've only got 20 minutes to make something and but to do that was that reminder of we need to we need to try different things and that's what I always I work in schools very passionate about working with with sort of teenagers and things like that. And that's always the message i try and get across is try try stuff try you know if you're gonna go and try a new new activity new sport new club drag your mate along as well and and if your mates doing one let them drag you along because you never ever know and even if you don't like it there's always something you can learn from it there's always some skill you'll take away that you'll put somewhere else in your life absolutely agree with
1: that i i couldn't agree more i think that the whole premise is about trying things you know whether you're going to like them or not it is ultimately kind of what expands your mind and makes you want to um progress further and opens new doors and new opportunities so for you and obviously the answer probably could could be the injury and i don't know but i'm intrigued for you what is the most challenging thing that that's ever happened to you in your career so you know was it the accident or other things happened and how did you overcome whatever that most challenging thing was for you
2: I don't actually think the accident was
1: challenging
2: I think it was I think when things like that happen Mm -hmm. it's more challenging for the people around you it's because they can't control it Mm -hmm. they have to sit and watch and just be there to pick up pieces And I, in my late, after my accident, I worked for the Limitless Association for a number of years. And part of that role was we used to go out and see people that had recently had accidents and and go and visit them, be it in hospital, be it at home when they were rehabilitating, Um, being a Paralympian. um, And I I know lots and lots of people that have busted themselves up in all different ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the thing that's always struck me, and if I, and even now, I will often get someone will contact me is that I know and say, Oh Dan, you know, someone I know, has, would you mind speaking to them? And, I, and I've always said, well, only if they want to speak to me, firstly, I can't, I won't go car crashing into, get, get, give it the pun, but I won't go crashing into people's uh, lives, but if they want to talk to me, I'm, I'm open to talking. I've always said it's it's the people around, it's the people around them that struggle the most because they have no control they can just sit and watch um you when you're in it you're just dealing with it right so when i'm dealing with my accident i didn't really know what i was going through necessarily in my head i didn't know that i was struggling sometimes i was just dealing day to day i was going through the processes of going to limb fitting centers and stuff like that i think the toughest time for me was during the athletics career i mean athletics will sport will take you to the highs and the lows of your life Um, and that's we see it now and it's 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 more transparent and they're more open about how difficult it can be a professional sporting life being injured 2008 five months fighting to come back to fitness to try and make that thing coming off in January in 2008 I was in the best shape of my life my coach was going bonkers at me we were training in South Africa and he was just, I remember it vividly and I still hear his voice and he's just like, Dan, you, you, we have to slow you down because at that time of the year I shouldn't have gone as fast as I was. And he was actually loading up my training even more, putting more and more repetitions into my sessions to try and physically slow me down because I was already getting up to my race paces and I shouldn't be up to that kind of pace at that time. And I was just flying but that couldn't sustain and I, I got injured. And then for five months, we just couldn't get to the bottom of it. I and mean, I had every kind of intervention they could throw at me to try and get me running again. And um, it, you know some of it really scientific, really high-end stuff, but I'd go to training sessions and I'll be doing the same session as my training partners, but I'll be doing it on the exercise bike, looking out the window over the track where I could see them running. Or I'd have to go to the pool and do the session at my local swimming pool. And being a runner, there's one thing you wanna do and that's run. And that was really, 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 really tough. And then had a breakthrough and got through it and, and got running again and made it onto the team. And although I wasn't where I wanted to be, I still was going to Beijing and I was in with a chance. And then got on an aeroplane, walked on an aeroplane, sat down got off an airplane at Beijing, went out for a jog the next day just to recover from the flight, and then it just went again. I had that sudden sharp pain in in the calf muscle that I'd had before, and that was it, I was in trouble again. And that was, that was you know, that has been probably the toughest moments of my life, um, knowing that I've, all that work, all that effort built up to that, for, for no reason in my mind that I could work out, and it just went like that. And it, and, and, yeah that, that was tough thank you and then um
1: i suppose the penultimate question really is and um i know that you did touch on obviously that the pinnacle of your career was undoubtedly the gold medal um but can you personally define a kind of career changing moment for you at a point maybe where you felt in your journey that you would become successful did you sort? have you ever sat back and thought, you know, this was the moment where you felt as though you've made a success of your life?
2: I don't think, I don't think I have in terms of the, because the problem of being a sports person, or just being me, or being me me and a sports person, is you, you'll always, there's always, there's always something to improve on. So So when I won the gold medal, it's, you 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 cross the finish line, you realise you've done it. Then you then you I had all my mates there, thirty five of them, friends, family, my coach there, um, and then you, you, you can't get to them because they're behind the barriers. So you get the yet the flag, you do your lap of honour, then you're whisked off. You go through all the processes that are involved in it in getting the medal, then you wait for the medal ceremony. So but and then you eventually get your medal, and then they just release you into the public. But you come out there, and your mates are 150 metres over there and you've got to get through 35,000 people to get to your friends. Of course, you've got a medal and a bunch of flowers and a GB tracksuit on, which makes it a very slow process, signing autographs, having photos taken with people that don't even know what race you won, but, yeah. but you've got medals, so they want a photo. Um, and then eventually you get there, and, and, and there, there was that. And there, but then there was, I still remember it, like, like, like you know, hugging my mum and stuff like that. And then it went up to my coach, and our big hug, and he was like, you've done it and I just went I think I could have on quicker <laughs> like that once but that's the mindset right and and it, you'll never hear sports people and it's like you hear you hear an athlete interviewed after just broken world record they'll say like, how it feel and they'll go that's amazing you know I, I knew I had it in me I've been really pushing for this in training you know but my start was just a little bit awful I just, and I just could have and you always hear sports people always looking for that how can what what how could I have been better and that was the thing so yes I won the gold medal and I set a world record before it but there was always more in the tank and, and that and that, that so there was a frustration to it because in 2008 everything was going in a whole you know faster direction than 2004 was and um, it just got cut short. So you, you never know where it would have ended up, what I would have been able to achieve, but I did achieve my goal. I did achieve my, and, and in a very tough field, a very tough environment, the 800 metres. Um, so but I do look back on it with pride, but there is also that you always have those questions and the questions, could I have gone further? Could I have gone 2012? Could I have, uh, there's always could have, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really interesting because I think that that, that translates from sport and ju- just into business and in everybody that I've um, interviewed, they all say the same thing. And it, it fascinates me because nobody deems themselves as successful, even though they've achieved all these great heights. And, you know, some of them are incredibly wealthy and they've achieved, you know, externally other people would believe in huge heights of success and they sit here really humble and they always say the same thing to me well i've got so much more to do and i'm not there yet and you know and and i suppose that that's what fascinates me about um, and the whole reason i'm doing this podcast is because so many people like yourself just have that inbuilt drive to just keep going and going and going and you know this they're so far away from what they believe is success but yet everybody around them views them as being hugely successful people so incredible that that's what you said because everybody else says, says a similar thing
2: but I think it's what's, what's what's amazing as well is you will often you will often see other people as successful if mm-hmm. from different different walks of life and you see success in different ways um, so whilst you wouldn't see yourself successful you'd see other people are yeah and you'd appreciate what they've achieved um, but, but it's also, it's, I think it's very detrimental to, to people that are very driven as well, because like you say, some people, they look, they're, they're, we look at these entrepreneurs that, that have got the Bransons of the world, right, they've got the, the Allen Sugars, they've got, they've got everything, right, they could just sell it up tomorrow, never have to work a day in their life, and just do what they want to do, right, just do the stuff they want to do without all the pressure of business. But enough is never enough they've got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and i think you know the sporting mindset is the same it's just you always move, you're always moving forward because we're in sport you until you retire like when you win the gold medal that's great but you can't then do nothing until the next championships and all the other athletes are going to go over you won last time dan so we're going to give you an easy ride today it's it's. Your coach goes. That's great, Dan. Crack on. Go and enjoy yourself. See you see him in a couple of weeks. We're going to start working towards next year. Mm-hmm. And you just like I'll oh, so only get two weeks to enjoy this. <laughs> and, and it's and it's that. It's so I think successful driven people. We're not very good at acknowledging our successes. We're very good at acknowledging our failures. Mm-hmm. We always we learn from them. That's that's what gets us to where we you know we have the, the mantra. There's no such thing as failure and feedback. So we're good at it in that sense but we're probably more likely to focus on things that went wrong rather than things that went right if you ask us the questions about key turning points for example and um and i think that's one thing we should do more and i should do more definitely i should focus in on what i've achieved and the skill set i used to do that to help me in other areas of my life but we don't do it and I, i think that's whilst you look at successful people and they're very driven and they've got lots of attributes that people would love to have, there's some sometimes that we would love to have that other people will have that don't necessarily perceivably have success but what they have is a very happy, content, comfortable life Is yeah. you know to me that would be success being able to just sit back and not be constantly thinking about what next, what next, what next, just be able to go oh this is all right <laughs> <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So, final question from me, this is something I ask everybody. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to everybody listening that would like to be successful,
2: what would that one piece of advice be that could help them? I think it's very simple. I think it's you, you need to, although I've just said about being comfortable, it's about going into your everyday life. Everything you do, go into it with the mindset of how can I be better than I was yesterday. How can I be 1% better? What can I do differently? Because that's the mindset we have to have in sport. Like If I kept doing the same things in training, I'll get the same results. You'll never you'll never have heard me in sport say, I had an absolutely amazing training session last week. I can't wait to do it again and I'm going to do exactly the same. Or when someone says, you, know, you broke the world record, what time do you think you're going to run next week? Oh, I'm going to run exactly the same time. It's never that. It's always going to be, how can I be better? What can I do to improve on that time? What can I do to improve on that training session? And it's that mindset. It's about going into every day, trying to be better than you was the day before. And it's also going into those days off of days sometimes when it didn't go well the day before. But rather than just saying, that day never happened, I can't think about it again, just forget about it. So what can I learn from it? You know know the day didn't go well, but there's always something to take out. You can always get a positive result from it. As an athlete, I had to learn to lose a lot of races before I could ever start winning races, because I had to learn. So every race I lost wasn't necessarily a failure, it was just a chance for me to learn another aspect of the race that I would then take forward and adapt and, and enable me to be positive. So, it was, so it is that. it's just as simply as every day, going into different situations, Working out what you can do better than you did the day before, as opposed to what we normally do in our working day lives. He says, "Let's just get from nine to five so I can get home. I just want to get through the day." Uh, And I think if you if you do that, and then when we work with teams, if you think like, and we just use this really simple mindset. It's like imagine if say we have a team of six people. If every single one of you does your job one percent better, and if you're talking to and they're part of a big business, like you know we work with large organisations. Then imagine if you could get everybody else to do their job one percent better. It, 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 it escalates really quickly into into positive results, and and it, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It is just as simple as that.
1: That was a great answer. Thank you, Danny. And thank you so much for joining me today on the show. It's been incredible interviewing you. Thank you so much for inspiring everybody listening and for me. Your story is sensational, as I've said before. Um, and thank you for all your words of wisdom about success.
2: Thank you.
0: How exciting was that? So if you want to connect with Danny Creates, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, or you can go via his website and learn more about him at www.dannycreates.co.uk. If you want to connect with 1404 Performance, his business, you can do that on the same social media platforms, or you can visit his website at www.1404performance.com. Danny's autobiography is also available now via his website and also on Amazon. So that's it from me this week. Join me again next time for another exciting interview as we continue to dive into the secrets of success.